I jumped all the way up to 168. And that was a big jump. And I and I just I was eating so much. I remember there food. were times where you were like, ah, I have to eat again. Like yeah. and I have to do this. I have to. You physically had to. Yeah. You really so did. that I wasn't I wasn't in a, a place to lose the muscle. Hey, welcome back to the Bent on Better podcast. You're joined by me, Matt April, your host and a co-owner of Bent on Better, Lynn April. Hello. 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 Hey, babe. Hey. How's it going? It's going. It's going? Yeah. What's been the best part of your day? The sun came out. Yes. It was cloudy this morning. But it turned but out to be beautiful. Out. Yeah. It's beautiful. I love when that happens. And we'll go for a good walk when we go home. Yes. It'll be nice. Pick our pick our Joe up from bus stop. Mm-hmm. Take a family walk. Yeah. Be beautiful. I like it. Yes. Yes. So today, we've got a topic. What's the topic for today? Do you remember? I don't. We just talked about this. <laughs> so what's our topic? Put you on the spot. Wait, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Oh, crap. No, I don't remember. <laughs> All right. Do you remember? Yeah. So today's topic we're going to be talking about is body composition and yes. what changes when we have, no matter what your goal is, how we're going to change body composition and more importantly, what it takes to change body composition. So when we talk about composition, we're talking about weight loss. We're talking about gaining muscle or what some people call toning and tightening <laughs> and all these other fancy terms that the fitness industry has given us. Most important thing to discuss here before we even dive in, I think, is to remind people that fitness does not have a specific answer. There's no specific look for fitness. There's no specific um, expectation for fitness. Fitness, unfortunately, like we've talked about in the previous podcast, is that fitness has become this thing that people think is only one one answer. It's like if you are if you look this way, you're a fitness person. If you don't, then you're not. And the wonderful thing about what we do and you and me and Nick and Alicia and Molly is that we practice what we preach and it just so happens to be that we have body types that allow for us to look a certain way that gives us the the fitness look, right? I mean, fitness look. But it's important to note we all look very different. We all look very different. Yes. We are all very close in weight, which is yeah. actually really interesting. It's kind of crazy. And we're crazy. all, every single one of us is different in height. Yeah. And gender. Yeah. And age mm-hmm. and background. Yeah. So there's a lot of different dynamics that play a part in here. But today we're going to be talking about more, I think it's going to be an interesting one for a lot of people. It's talking about what it looks like when we're looking at weight gain and weight loss mm-hmm. and maybe using some different um, things we've talked about recently. Um, so we'll start off with, I think this is a great way to kind of segue in, is talk about you as, as a woman who didn't prioritize strength training and who didn't prioritize lifting weights and especially the capacity of what you do that you do now on a regular basis and have been for the past like three years consistently. Tell me mm-hmm. about, tell me about your experience with weightlifting and fitness. So I spent a long time spinning. Um, we've talked about this before, which is basically just steady state cardio over and over, just burning calories. It's not building any muscle. It's, it's not targeting any kind of any specific body part. Right. So once I stopped doing spinning and learned about weightlifting, I was able to see changes in my body that were favorable for me, that, that made me happy. I didn't necessarily have any physique goals. It was just kind of like, well, let's see what weightlifting does for me. And it's been how long now? Four, four years that I've been consistently lifting. Yeah. 
And man, I just love the way, the way I look is very low on the, the things that I like about weightlifting, Mm -hmm. the way I feel and the things that it does for, for me in other places is what I just love so much about it. Yeah. yeah. And you, I mean, you're coming from a fitness background, an athletic background. Mm-hmm. And I, we've talked about on the previous podcasts and we've also discussed this in our personal life, how you did not prioritize lifting or strength training for years, even though you were an athlete and you know now how important it is for athletes. Yeah. But even then you were saying how even in the weight room, you only lifted like the 10 pound weights because one, you didn't want to get too big and bulky that you thought it would slow you down. I'm the same thing. It's the same thing for me. I ran track in high school. Like I did lots of sports. I did football. I did basketball. I wrestled. Did all, and then I finally found my passion, which was I love sprinting. I loved it because it was a thing that I could depend on myself for. And I used to be very, very much just like me. Like it was just the, this is my my story. I wasn't very team oriented. I was very individual oriented. And so I did track. And even though it's a team sport in a sense, I was individual, so I could excel, and no one would hold me back or stop me from doing what I set my mind to do and the goals and the things I wanted to accomplish. But I did not. I knew the importance of lifting, right? I learned it from the other sports, but I would purposefully, and I remember having conversations in high school, purposefully do lighter weights and higher reps because I did not want to gain muscle and get too bulky and get slower. And it wasn't until I think my senior year I set records. I set records local for our, for our high school. I set records locally. Um, for sprints for the 100 meter, the 200 meter. And it wasn't until senior year of high school where I was at the uh, the county races. Um, and uh, I forget what it was called, the exact title for it. At the time, it was like SCCL, I think. And then I went on to, um, like, that was Southern Chester County League. And then I went on to do, like, the whole county. And then went on to state. And then what I found was in that higher level, there were athletes, funny enough, who were coming from Westchester, who were coming from like these like better better school districts. Like I was from Oxford, so uh, backstory for me: I grew up in Oxford. I went to Oxford uh, for high school, and they've come a long way. But when I was there, the programs weren't as built out as they are here in this area in Westchester, and it's funding. It's a lot of other things that come into play there. But I did not have a coach to say, you will not get big and bulky. You're going to get stronger and faster if you lift heavier weights and do training that's specific for you. So I went to these competitions and I remember seeing other, other kids, other young, like 16, 17, 18 year olds who were like huge, like especially compared to me, like just jacked, jacked men. They look like men. I look like, I look like a little boy. <laughs> compared to these men who were all the same age, if not maybe younger than me. And I was put, I actually had to step back and I was like, oh my God, like what are they drinking and eating in that area? And like, why am I not at that level? And I I held my own, but I, I did not compete at that level. They were at a higher level because what I found now and now seeing it and being in this area now for, for like a decade, we've seen what this community what this Westchester area does is they feed into their schools and there are programs like what we do here that prioritize strength because these athletes can come here. They do have the ability, the resources to do this, but they're able to prioritize it and then develop. And so for the athletes who have the level up mentally from their parents or from themselves, knowing how important strength training is, they can then develop athletically and grow in that way, which other school districts and other places and other mindsets then no interesting. So bring it back to you with, with even a collegiate athlete, 
you did not focus your time and effort in the weight room on lifting heavy weights to progress yourself. It was just like going through the routine. Yeah. And I actually don't know if I've ever told you this. The summer before my sophomore year of college. So I played collegiate field hockey. You know this. I played collegiate field hockey. And the summer before my my sophomore year, so it's summer 2005, for whatever reason, I got, oh, the my local gym, it wasn't the YMCA, but it was like, it was kind of like that. They had like a college student membership and I joined for three months and I did, all I did was the circuit machines. Mm-hmm. So I was, I just went through the circuit three times a week, which we've talked about already. We've talked about only needing certain amount of days a week. I would do that. And that was what I did that summer. I would run because I needed to keep up my conditioning for my field hockey season. And then I would do three days of lifting. Um, and these weights were not super heavy, but they were enough that when I went back for preseason, the first thing my coach said to me was, you've been lifting weights, mm. but at tw- eight, 19 years old, I was like, uh, she must mean that I'm bulky, right? Like, but that was the best season that I ever had. And unfortunately I wasn't able to keep up with that weightlifting, even though it was just circuit machines, I was just kind of getting my feet wet with, with weightlifting. I wish that, that I had maybe done that and then moved into like gone back to college and had like a strength and conditioning coach that could have taken me to more, to, to better strength so that I could have maintained that, that continued. But that was that original thought. I was like, yeah. Oh my gosh, she, she thinks I look bulky. Yeah. Well, let's, well, let's break it down. Let's break that down. So what we talk to people, especially new members about is in your first month in, in, in starting a new program, especially with resistance based strength training, you're going to see big improvements and usually they're pretty quick because what happens, I'm going to, and I'm going to really water this down here, like super watered down version of this. Okay. So all the sticklers out there, if you're watching on YouTube and you're ready to jump on me for this, jump on me, but like comment below and like, just leave it in the comment section, but I'm going to water this down. So when we're doing strength training and for a lot of people who come to us, most people are coming to us without any sort of strength training or resistance based background. So this is a brand new world. So what happens is when we're here, we're making all these little tiny micro tears to your muscles. We're making these little tiny micro tears that are good. We're making, but we're creating damage. We are literally damaging our muscle tissue when we're doing resistance based strength training. And thank goodness we have amazing coaches who prioritize your safety and your health over just pushing, pushing, pushing the weights and pushing, pushing, pushing you to try to finish. So we're looking at everything from a very scientific approach, but also very safe and, 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 and controlled approach. But we are, we're making little tiny damages to our muscles. And what happens is, and what we talk about prioritizing sleep is in our sleep is when our immune system then goes and takes on the nutrients that we have to repair those muscles. That's what our immune system does. Our immune system during the day is helping us fight infection, helping to keep us alert, keep us alive, make sure that we're not sick at every, every turn and everything that comes in our way. But it's when we sleep, that's when our immune system can let its guard down in a way and then prioritize recovery. And so what our immune system does is it uses the water in our, so our water, so as long as you have good blood, good blood flow with proper hydration, the water and the blood's going to carry all of the, the, your immune system all throughout your body and repair all those cells. But it's not just repairing with magic. 
It's preparing it with the food that we're eating. Mm -hmm. And this is why we tell people live by the 80-20 rule. The 80% of the time, eat really healthy foods, whole, natural, things that come from the earth, foods. And then 20% of the time, eat whatever floats your boat, whatever makes your soul happy. And that's like we say to our kids. Mm -hmm. Like, you, let's eat some food for our muscles, and then let's eat food, food that makes our, our bellies. bellies happy. Mm -hmm. So, and like, that's a very generalized belly happy, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, we know the cap and limit there sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes they have to discover it. But back to this analogy. While we're sleeping, our immune system is going in and making these little repairs, all these repairs, and it's taking all the nutrients that we've given our body and then just kind of like putting plaster on a hole in the wall. It's putting plaster on it. And then what happens with that plaster is it, it stiffens up and it hardens and it becomes part of the wall. And then over time, all those little tiny micro tears keep getting repaired and it comes back more and more resilient. So it's the same thing if you, if you, if you like chipped away like the paint of the wall and then you put some plaster over it and then paint it again. And then you chip away and put plaster and paint it again. Same idea is happening with our bodies. The only difference is it's coming back and it's getting thicker. It's getting stronger. It's just building out. So with new people in a program, most of the time when you start a new program, strength-focused, you gain weight. And that weight that you gain is actually mostly water and the nutrients that go to your muscles. So you're not necessarily building muscles like tagging on like the Hulk, but you are, however, building more resilient skeletal muscle. And that is the beautiful part about it. But with your coach, with having lifted for a summer for a short amount of time, you went from no lifting and just cardio to then lifting. So same thing here with our members is you get started on a new program, you are going to have what we come sometimes call them are like noob gains. Mm -hmm. Like you are a newbie to the, the, the entire experience. So you will have these new gains that will allow for you to be more resilient, that will allow for you to feel better and stronger and feel more confident with your body. But it's the month after month and it's the continued consistency that really plays a part in what resistance training can do for you. But I think we're going to keep going with our topic here is how much effort it actually takes. Yeah. So much effort. So mm -hmm. when I sit down with a lot of our moms or grandmothers or, or grandparents, um, when they come in and talk to me and I tell them about our program and what we do, they get a little hesitant to get a little weary because I mentioned lifting weights and heavy weights and we see our members out here lifting weights, lifting heavy weights. What people neglect and forget is that to actually see that progress of that rebuilding and repairing and the longevity of what can come from it is the amount of time and energy and food it <laughs> requires to be at that level, right? So yeah. Talk about the uh, the strongman recently, the strongman competition. Yeah, that we watched. just the other day we were um, here at a five thirty a.m. class, and Nick happened to mention like, "Oh, does anyone see the strongman competition or whatever?" And this dude, he from the ground he cleaned and then pressed a what did I tell you? It was like a two hundred and forty five pound dumbbell, which looked ridiculous. It's huge. Um, and so we started as a group. We started talking about like, you know, what it takes to do that. It is a, that person's full-time job, full-time job. Full job is to just work on just that. Mm -hmm. So that person is not only dedicating their entire life to that, they are eating an, in, an inordinate, in, oh, that word is hard to say, an inordinate, <laughs> a lot of food. A whole lot a whole of food. A whole lot of food. And then we started talking about swimmers and how, you know, swimmers, like Michael Phelps, he eats, what is like? Pro, I mean, let's just be clear. Pro Professional athletes. athletes. Professional athletes. It is their job 
to look that way and to perform that way. Mm -hmm. So they have to live their life that way. And there's, there's no way that I can promise you that women, you're not going to get bulky from especially what we do here, especially. And this is coming from someone who has tried to make her muscles look bigger, right? Like I've tried real hard and I know I'm not the only one who has tried to see definition and, and like get bigger muscles and man, it is a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And you experienced that when you did, when you trained for your powerlifting competition. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, back when we first had Joey, I decided that I wanted to work toward a goal because I'd fallen off. I was trying to build our business, trying to build bent on better. And I, I had somebody had to somebody had to go right. There's always we, I've talked about this before with you, and I've talked about this with our members. But there, there's always a price to be paid in everything we do in life. There's no such thing as a free lunch. There's no such thing. Mm-hmm. So when we're talking about our life and wh- how it kind of relates to us, when there was a moment in time where I had to choose between doing bent on better as a hobby that was a part time income and taking it as a full time actual business, somebody had to give. So I gave up. I was playing at that time. I was playing flag football in an adult league. I was I was consistently going to the gym five to six days a week. I was sleeping about ten hours a day, and I was I was meal prepping everything, counting every macro because I thought at that time I wanted to get into bodybuilding. I wanted to get into physique competing. I wanted to be something else in fitness, but I had realized that was not the priority. My priority was building my business to help change the lives of other people who I come into contact with with fitness and and show other men and women that you don't need to be a specific way and make you can make fitness a beautiful thing and weight loss doesn't have to be this primary goal. It can be healthy weight management and get this whole this whole new unique look on life and 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 fitness and how it works in there. But I wanted to have a new goal, so I went with powerlifting, and I took all the bodybuilding experiences I had and transitioned it into powerlifting. So for powerlifting, for people who are listening. Powerlifting is a sport. It is a sport that is between deadlift, bench press, and squat. And the you, you have judges that watch you do these lifts, these three lifts, and each one has specific parameters that you need to meet for each one. So uh, I trained. I hired a coach, a friend of mine, John Gaglione, up up in uh, New York, and he wrote me a program. We did some video calls. I, I recorded myself doing these movements, and he gave me tips. But in this process, not only did I learn but I also realized the amount of work it takes to lift that much weight that frequently. And with the goal of lifting the most, the whole point of powerlifting, the sport of powerlifting is how much weight can you move from, from start to finish within the criteria that they set. So it's just how much weight can you lift? So that's why we see a lot of powerlifters who are very large individuals because you have to eat so much. And when you eat a lot of food, you have a lot of energy. When you have a lot of energy, you can expend a lot of energy. So for me, I had to go from being about 155. I jumped all the way up to 168. And that was a big jump. And I and I just, I was eating so much. I remember there food. were times where you were like, ah, I have to eat again. Like, yeah. and I have to do this. I have to. You physically had to. Yeah. You really so did. So that I wasn't I wasn't in a, in a place to lose the muscle. Mm-hmm. And so let's flip the script now. And let's talk about the most recent goal that I worked toward. It was to run yeah. those two half marathons. Yeah. So just last year, I ran two half marathons a month apart from a time, but I'd never been a runner other than, like I said earlier before in another podcast, I was, or here, I was a sprinter. I ran sprints. I, I, I loved the 100 meter because it was a short, quick distance. The 200 meter to me was like 
wow, that's super long. <laughs> Don't even talk to me about 400 meters. No. One lap around the track, that was that's like so grueling distance for me. But I realized like in order for me to have a better relationship with fitness and have a better understanding and to be more em- empathetic with our members who are coming in here who have been avid runners for years, I needed to put myself through it. So I did. And I spent a whole year running. And I did not neglect my lifting. I still would lift three days a week. And you can attest to it. Nick mm-hmm. can too. And I wouldn't just lift like weights here and there. I was lifting my body weight or more with all these weights. I was making sure I was lifting heavy to challenge, but nowhere near what I was doing with powerlifting. But in that time, in that year's time, I lost three pounds. And guess what those three pounds were? They were skeletal muscle. I lost three pounds of muscle. My body fat stayed practically the same. And I'll have to make sure that in this podcast, um, this is a little note for, for me and for um, the team who goes through and helps me edit this stuff. Let's make sure we get some screenshots of my in-bodies and oh, put yeah. them on this podcast because I think it will really help solidify and maybe get some pictures of me before and after so you can kind of see what I'm talking about, like powerlifting versus running Matt's body. But I spent all this time running and running is just like we said earlier, it's just, you're just it's your checking account. You're mm-hmm. just burning calories. There's no additional benefit. Of, yes, we're improving our cardiovascular system. Yes, we're improving our heart health and our lungs and our blood, uh, our blood pressure. We're, like Lots of internal benefits, right? And stuff. But for me, there was no like long-term benefit other than just to get to this goal. So I ran and I would run and I was eating a lot. I was still eating a lot. Nowhere near what I was eating with powerlifting. No, you were still eating a lot. But though. I was still eating a lot. I was taking food with me on my runs. Yep. But yeah, I, but I was, about that. and I would stop here mid run and I would get like my protein from upstairs and like I would in the middle of the run, I was doing things that I knew that were important. And yet still my body decided that I needed to change. I needed to have more calories. So it, 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 it lost ate your it, muscle. It ate my muscle. Yeah. It literally ate it up. And that's like a really watered down way of saying it, but it really did. It did. I lost three pounds of muscle in one year because it took, it took that long it, and it took much longer to build that, by the way, but it took that long to, to lose it. So coming full circle here, it takes, uh, the, you have to have a specific plan in place when you're, when you're working towards something that's keeping you on track. So for me, I'm goal oriented, but it's no, I know that goals aren't destinations. Goals are just a part of that journey. And so with running the most recent one, now my goal right now for this year and on is how can I just get back to where I was before I ran? And like, I don't like thinking that way and like have to get back to where I was. But in my mind, I see it as an opportunity for me to see if I am able to develop that resilience again in my muscles and develop that skeletal muscle muscle that I had, knowing that's, that's where I kind of sat comfortably before the running. That's, I was in, we were in a place where I was just kind of maintaining my fitness. I was maintaining my health. I wasn't doing anything obnoxious for competitions or anything else. So I don't like to use that term, like get back to, um, but to paint it, to put it in perspective, it was just, I want to regain what I lost in that way mm-hmm. for the muscle mm-hmm. and keep my body fat where it is. Mm-hmm. And that's how I feel like I'll be sustainable and, and in a place where then I can look into the future and prioritize maybe a new goal, maybe a new thing, maybe a different focus in my fitness to learn and to grow. But that's where I am with, with all of that. Yeah. And I think you found a really good balance, at least right now, especially with the warmer weather coming, because I know you liked, I know you like to use running as your me time. And and I know that you stop if you're feeling like you're having your knee pain or whatever. Um, but I think it's, it's funny that 
we as fitness professionals, we've been able, you can like pick a runner out of a crowd, right? Like you can be like, well, that person, all they do is run. Mm-hmm. Cause they're usually, there's not a whole lot of muscle mass on them. They're usually like on the thinner side. Um, and, and I think you've found this really cool balance of like maintaining your strength and your, your weightlifting while also continuing to run at a healthy, uh, outlet volume, yes. yeah, I think. Yeah, good, yeah. Uh, yeah. So like, you know, it, it is. And we talk about these things, like we always have this like common theme, like, you know, the consistency, the balance and sustainability. Like, is it sustainable to just keep pounding pavement, pounding pavement and just doing all of that for your body? Like what's the benefit exactly on your joints, on everything. Can we find a balance between like, I really, really, really like running. And we have a member who came to us as just a runner mm. and she wanted to get, she wanted to get better at running and she dialed back her running, put in weightlifting, and I think she would tell you that she became a better runner. Yeah. And you got You have to find that balance. Yeah. You really do. In every way, in every way, especially when it talks about fitness. Mm-hmm. And so to wrap this one up, I think it's important to highlight there's there is no limit to what you're capable of. But remember that your habits outside of your fitness journey or routines have to reflect that of your goal. So if you are someone who wants to build more muscle and who wants to build a more of a lean, sustainable, but like healthy body type, you need to prioritize your nutrition. You need to prioritize your sleep, your water, your recovery, your stretching, your mobility, your stability, and your strength, all those areas. And even talking about the strongman competition and CrossFit competitors, when we see these people, usually on TV or like on the internet, they have not gotten there overnight. Mm-hmm. It was years in the making of that. And it's not just years of like one or two or three days or four days a week. It is five, six, seven days a week because that is their full time job. The people who are doing strongmen, they're competing to win the grand prize, which is going to be their salary. The people who do CrossFit on the competitive level and the high level are competing to win the grand prizes of first, second, third place, which are financial they are resources they are money that will be their income and then of course there are things like we talk about sponsorships and endorsements and things where they also get their income but if i'm going to let's just speak clearly to like anyone who's listening right now and, and more if you align your goals with your life and vice versa if you align your life with your goals you will be more successful because you'll develop a plan that works for you in that stage of life and that is the biggest takeaway. When I, before we had kids, I was able to lift six days a week and be at the gym for one and a half to two hours because I knew I could sleep for 10 hours. <laughs> and that's not an understatement. I was sleeping for 10 hours. Yeah. Remember when I would go to bed at 7.30 laid out. in the summertime? Yeah. You were like I'm, a toddler. <laughs> I go to, go to bed at 7.30 sometime because I knew I had to wake up at 4.45 to be mm-hmm. able to get to the gym in time mm-hmm. to make sure I had to get at least nine hours at that time or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. But prioritizing sleep, prioritizing recovery, prioritizing water, prioritizing protein intake, fiber with vegetables and fruits, carbohydrates and fats, those things are all so important. But it's all coming back to, again, aligning it with your goals for life and your current lifestyle. And of course, you don't have to live a certain way or a particular way. The only thing that stops you from achieving the kind of progress you want to see and the kind of success you want to have is the space between your ears. It's this much. That much. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. So 
If you're hanging out with us, thanks for hanging out with us. This is one that we really enjoyed doing. But make sure you leave us a review uh, on Spotify, on, on Apple Podcasts. Make sure you give it a five-star review. Give us a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. If you're checking it out on any other social media platform, of course, comment below. Let us know what you're going through. What are your goals? What have you learned from the past? What have you learned from your experiences? Oh, I want to know. I really want to know. I want someone to comment and tell me how they've had to adjust their eating habits or their sleep habits or their water and what kind of benefits they've had after doing that when it comes to working in their fitness goals. That's what I would love to hear. Yes. So let us know. And for now, we will sign off and say we'll see you again next time. See ya. Bye.